Welcome back, everyone, to Free Basketball. No, we are not dead. We are back for the beginning of the 2021 NBA season. The group is back together again. I know you haven't heard us for what seems like at least a month. I don't know if that's true, but it feels maybe even longer than that for me. Uh, but it's nice to have my two co-hosts back. One, Mr. Cody Holsey. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. Staying alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Like just like the Bee Gees, man. Except for not in real life, because I think most of them are actually gone. <laughs> <laughs> the other co-host, Mr. Daniel Greer. How are you, sir? I'm staying alive, too, baby. Mr. New Nickname, Mr. Danny Dentures. Damn. God, already? Damn. I thought I was the I thought I was the shit. Should we give the people some context or just let them kind of they understand? No, just let it, it hang. Just let okay. it hang. I'll let it hang. Uh but let it hang. You know it's, what I mean. it's nice to all be back together again in one live uh chat where we're not actually in person and see each other through screens like 2020 for most actually, people <laughs> right. have a fun podcast wrinkle oh. what if we gave the context for that comment <laughs> in bits and pieces throughout the podcast <laughs> i have no idea how i'll I like sprinkle it. that in but sure we're, i'll do it we'll do it we got it <laughs> So by the end of the podcast, you're gonna by the end of the, these team previews. If you've if you've said that's what we're doing, um, no, you I'm guys not. are gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! By the spoiler end of these alert! Team, yeah, spoiler! <laughs> we're gonna talk about some NBA teams in a preview sort of style, um, and we're gonna go. I believe from thirty to one in the NBA talking about these teams. Uh, but what you're going to learn is how we rank them. But along the way, you're going to learn a bit about Daniel. And <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a very human experience at the end. It's <laughs> yeah, so like to echo what Cody said. This is if you followed us at all for the past two years. For the past two years, we have done team previews, summer previews, where we have broken down episode by episode of each team. But of course, with the truncated off season and season starting, you know. I think preseason games start this week, and the season starts in two weeks, I believe. We decided to do two big, maybe three, Megapods uh, doing just these team previews. And like Cody said, we're going to rank 30 to 1. Today, we're going to talk about teams 30 through 17. So we're focusing on the teams that are not going to be on the playoffs and if you listened to them before, especially last year, we had a bunch of different categories that we were going over, really deep dive into the team. Well, we didn't want this to be a three-hour uh, Megapod preview, not because we didn't want to do it. Well, okay, I'd say it's because we didn't want to do it. I'll just say that. Um, it's a mix of we didn't want it to be too long for the listeners like yourselves, but we also didn't want to be in these chairs for forever. So we kind of truncated them a little bit. We'll focus more on kind of what happened this offseason maybe a look forward um and little things like vegas over under wins are going to kind of be our thing but we'll talk a little blurb about each team you know us we'll probably get off track and spend way too much time on one trash team and barely talk about a good team so this is going to be a lot of fun i think 
Uh, so before we get into this, should we go to a break or just go straight into it? Straight in, baby. Let's go. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Take me to dinner first. <laughs> So let's go straight into this. Now, what we did, instead of, because we couldn't do individual episodes, we decided to do it by tiers as well as a ranking system, 30 to 1. So for the first tier, we didn't get, I guess, super clever with these or too mean, which we could have. Um, But the first tier, to start with the 30th team, this, the teams in this tier are called the No Direction Teams. So number 30... I guess what I should say, like we did the past two years, we basically ranked individually how we saw the teams going in this coming season, took an average of our personal rankings, and that's how we ended up with our final rankings. So some teams we obviously will not agree on where the actual rankings are, uh, but this is just the average of where they were. So the number 30th team in the NBA in our rankings for this year was kind of a unanimous number 30 for all of us. And that was the New York Knicks. Last year, they went 21 and 45. Um, Leon Rose, World Wide West, trying to get kind of frisky. They seem to have kind of dove into this idea that they're going to recruit old school Kentucky, not old school, but, you know, older Kentucky players and try to create this own like college pipeline of players. Maybe that will attract some big name free agents. Um, why, Cody, did you have the Knicks ranked this low? Uh, because they suck. <laughs> um. So the hiring of Tom Thibodeau did nothing for you at all. I mean, like they might be good at they they might be good at better getting better at defense this year. Like that's a he's a good coach, but like I don't know. Like look at their roster. Hot who on that? Who, who's yeah? Who on that team? Like. Who scores 20 points a night for that team? I think the hope is that R.J. Barrett does that, and new rookie they drafted, who Tom Thibodeau have already said that he's one of the more polished offensive rookies to come in that he's seen in O.B. Toppin. Maybe they're hoping that is what kind of jumpstarts this team? Or do you think it's truly going to be all about the defense for them? I mean, if Tom... Thibodeau is going to be the coach. They're going to be playing some defense. It'll be interesting. It will be very interesting to see how he uses that team. And if R.J. Barrett can play past 28 now. <laughs> well, the problem with the Knicks, last year they were the one of the two or three worst teams in scoring offense. I think they averaged like 105 points per game. And defense, they were in the middle of the pack. They were 18th. So... To me, it doesn't seem like defense was, like, the overt issue for them. It was actually the offense. So, I mean, Daniel, let's bring you in here on this. Does the signing of Tom Thibodeau kind of puzzle you by that? Like, is improving your defense from 18th to, say, number 6 worth not having any offense at all? Or do you think offense truly still is the problem for the Knicks? Yeah, um... I think it's definitely offense being an issue, but realistically, I think they just wanted a decent coach mm. that had been decent in the past and not actually somebody who is kind of a young, up-and-coming guy they didn't know about. I think they wanted, um, I guess, the the Coca-Cola brand instead of getting the cheaper one that 
actually could be a little bit better um, in the cola section. So, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Huh. Yeah, because... What brand is better than Coca-Cola in the cola section? I don't know. <laughs> it's a bad analogy. I just had to go with it. I just was curious. <laughs> if you had a... Like, that's an interesting thing. If you had a brand of Coca-Cola... Brand of Maybe... Maybe they were thinking that instead of going after cherry cola, and hopefully it's just takes off being awesome, you know, they just went with uh, just your generic Coca-Cola. A couple players that they got rid of, they let Bobby Portis walk. I think Todd Gibson signed somewhere else. Mo Harkless is gone. Wayne Ellington's gone. And they gave one-year deals to Alec Burks, Austin Rivers, Nerlens Noel, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So... Do we wow. see much of a difference with this team at all going into the season from what we saw last year? No. I I think the only thing that you see different is you could have potentially the rookie of the year come out of the Knicks because of Obi Toppin and R.J. Barrett. Um, Obi Toppin just completely just jumping up uh, and being you know just rookie of the year. Uh, because of R.J. Barrett, or you have R.J. Barrett win the most improved player because he actually has some help with like Obi Tompkins. So I think you win. Mm. I think you win an award out of this team, one of those two awards. That is interesting because the kind of sneaky subplot to me is Julius Randle, right? Because Obi Top and Julius Randle kind of play the same position. So are we thinking Julius Randle might be one of the guys to look for on the trade block throughout the season? Or do you think they're, there's no way they can play those two together? Um, yeah. I just I assume they I assume they like I assume they like Obi. Oh, you think they can play together? Yeah, go small. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure how that looks, but if we think they're going to be about the same to finish up on them, their Vegas over under total wins right now is at 22 and a half games. Last year in the shortened season, obviously. They went 21 and 45, so they played 66 games, and this year we're only going to play 72. So, six more games. Do you think the Knicks win two more than what they did last year to go over this Vegas over under? Would you smash this or would you pass this line? Pass, Cody. Pass. Both of you would pass this line. You would take the under, 22 and a half on the Knicks. Okay. I think I agree with you on that. Let's move to – The East is better. Go ahead. Yeah. I play the East more. Okay. Do you have a final thought on the Knicks? I think things will happen this year where teams will not be as good, but realistically everybody is better. So, you know, everything's kind of risen up. So, with that happening – that that just means that there's gonna be no easy wins for them. So, sorry, sorry, mm. Nick fans. Twenty wins max. Now, number twenty nine team still in our no direction tier. I'm actually kind of surprised this team wasn't thirtieth. Um, I thought they would be thirtieth, but they barely edge out the Knicks for the last spot, and that's the Detroit Pistons. Last year went twenty and forty six. Had a really weird offseason. A lot of head-scratching moves that I know a lot of other better people than us have uh, talked to death about. So we probably don't need to rehash every single move. But they were very aggressive in the draft. Even though it's considered one of the weakest drafts we've seen in a decade. Drafted Killian Hayes, number 7. They announced today that he was 
going to be their starting point guard, which I thought is super interesting. Drafted Isaiah or traded for Isaiah Stewart at 16, I think. Yeah, I think they traded for him. Drafted Sadiq Bay at 19, which might have been another trade. And then drafted Saban Lee early in the second round, number 38. The big news, obviously, traded Luke Kennard to the Clippers. Lost Christian Wood, who everyone just seems to be in love with for some reason, to the uh, <laughs> Houston Rockets in free agency. And then, obviously, the two big kind of weird things that they did was they gave decent-sized money contract to Mason Plumley, and they signed Jeremy Grant. And apparently Jeremy Grant, you know, who I didn't think was worth $20 million a year, um, but apparently right. Denver was going to match that offer sheet, and Jeremy didn't want to. And he wants a bigger offensive role with the Pistons. So good wow. luck to the Pistons. Was that a good move for them, Daniel? Is Jeremy Grant really that guy? Well, better than what they had. Um, they had a hurt Blake Griffin the whole year. So I would say that if Blake Griffin can actually play decent, I think they'll be okay. Um, adding Jimmy Grant and Mason Plumley, those aren't huge, but it's bigger than what they've had in the past because literally they've been horrible. And I think they actually got better just from the small things they did and, and saying early on that they're going to go um, with a guy and Killian Hayes is a rookie and just letting him take his lumps. That's the smartest thing they could have done. And hmm. I know it's probably a little weird and a little, you know, just jumping out there right away, you know, without even seeing him in training camp. But um, going ahead and giving him the reins and say, hey, you're going to be our guy. You know, you're our first round pick. You're going to be our guy. And so I'm OK with that. I think they'll actually surprise people because they have some decent talent on their team. And I think some people such as Jimmy Grant, Mason Plumley, um even Josh Jackson, people like that, took took contracts to go there, knowing they wouldn't be that good, just to understand they can get some playing time and have a chance to resurrect their career, really. And so I think that uh, this team will actually be better than what people expect. Wow, that's kind of surprising. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, they added a bunch of periphery pieces. Like, they signed DeLon Wright from the Mavericks, Wayne Ellington, you know, we just talked about from the Knicks, Musa from the Nets, Jaleel Okafor is there now, um, Rodney Magruder, like you said, Josh Jackson, like, I, there's no way they're keeping all these people, but all these pieces they brought right. in, like they had the rookie last year who showed flashes of something in Sekou Dumboya, they just brought in another you know, stretch wing, who's basically the exact same size as Dumboy and Sadiq Bay, and I was a big fan of Sadiq Bay. I mean, Derek Rose and Blake Griffin are on the roster still. Do we think both, one or both of those players are still on this roster by the end of the season, Cody? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they might look to trade Blake just to kind of get, like, some younger pieces and stuff. Um with just the way that they're like all in on these young guys. I don't know. Um, but probably not. I don't think they'd both be on the team at the end mm. of the season. If you think there was one more, but I think Blake would other, be the one would that would you... be. <clears throat> you th I was I mean, about I think to say Blake would be more likely to get traded. <clears throat> okay. 
that's what I was gonna. That was I was about to ask. Is of the two, if you thought we're gonna be traded, you don't think with Blake's contract yeah, no, I, that he's gonna have a problem being moved? Not necessarily. There's a like there'd be some teams that would figure it out if there was a team huh. that wanted him bad enough. They would take. I, a flyer I disagree on completely because yeah. I disagree because you look at Blake Griffin, injury prone. Obviously, had some issues, and Derek Rose who literally has a $7 million contract, trading him to a team who needs a good backup point guard? No, that's an easy trade at the trade deadline to grab, you know, just a pick or some up-and-coming talent from a team that's a, you know, title-contending team that really kind of is, you know, outplayed themselves this year. I don't know. I I think that if anybody gets traded, it's Derrick Rose 100%. And then Blake Griffin, if he shows like a glimpse of being pretty good this year. Hmm. Interesting. No, Derek Rose will be a he'll, he'll be, be a, a what? Mm. He'll be a buyout guy. The the Pistons it, will just pay him to like not play basketball. That'll be the it, smart move they make. It, <laughs> it would make sense for the offseason that they had that they would do that. Um that's, because that's they what basically I'm going paid off. like well, half a dozen him? players to go away. I think they'll no, try to trade. No, they him could. Yeah. I'm just saying they'll. I'm just saying they'll. They'll. They'll buy him out because of the wise moves they've made so far. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Getting to their Vegas over under. We said we were going to be quick, and we're already way too long on two terrible teams. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say twenty three and a half wins for the Pistons. Smash or pass, Daniel? Smash. Pass. Oh, you say over twenty. You say they win at least twenty-four games, and that's twenty-four. Hoping on the dot. Hoping Blake Griffin is healthy, right? No. What happens is Blake Griffin's pretty pretty good, and he's healthy. Right. First half of the season plays well, gets some wins they shouldn't get. He gets traded, and they start taking a dive. But the last game of the year, they get twenty-fourth win. You mm. heard it here first. Makes sense. That seems like a cheap pickup there. Um, I mean, just re- two years yep. removed or whatever it was, they were an eight seed. So anything is possible with this mm. team. I know it's a completely different roster now, and no Luke Kennard. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a super Luke Kennard guy. No Christian Wood, anyways, <laughs> and no Christian Wood apparently. Um, so uh, to me, the Pistons are have a potential to be the worst or if not the second worst team this year even with all the guys they brought in i just even with blake griffin i really like blake but i just don't know like if they're going to give the reins to killian hayes he's already turnover prone i'm just not sure how well that goes especially to start and if you start you know your season two and 16 I don't think there's a lot of guys, especially veterans like Blake and D. Rose, who are going to really care to try to uh, keep winning and just say it's a forfeited season. So uh, now this team that's 28th, I am beyond shocked that they are 28th. And that is the last of our no direction tier, the Cleveland Cavaliers last year. I believe this is the worst record in the league, 19-46. and 46. Lost Trenton Thompson to free agency, signed with the Boston Celtics. Drafted Isaac Okoro very high. I uh, Very high on Isaac Okoro. He's my irrational 
athletic guy that I always love every year who's either super boom or very, very bust. Um, so there's no in-between for Okoro if I'm this high on him. He's either going to be great or he's going to be awful and out of the league in three years. Um, but besides drafting Okoro, pretty quiet over offseason overall, I would say. Um, I think yeah. the Cavs are kind of hoping to see the progress from their starting guards. And if it's just not working again, and this will be, what, year two? Or it'll be two with them together with Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. Yeah. And this will be Colin Sexton's third year. So this kind of reminds me back a couple years ago when the Lakers had um, D'Angelo Russell and um, Jordan Clarkson. Lonzo. And they try no uh, oh. <laughs> with Jordan Clarkson, and they were a team going nowhere, but they were playing these two guards together and just insisting that they can play together. And I was saying back then that there was no way. And eventually they shipped one away. Unfortunately, it was the better one in D'Angelo Russell and held on to Jordan Clarkson. So I think it's kind of a situation for Cavs this year where they see what they have with their guards, and if it's not going well again. If you were to ship one, I kind of feel like they have to. Daniel, who would you ship? Who would you try to get off of? Colin Sexton, or would you try to get off Darius Garland? Or do you I just say they're still get... young? Let's try it again in 2022. I would probably go off Colin Sexton. Um, okay. There's no rhyme or reason except for his contract is one year shorter. So okay. if they're pretty much the same, get somebody who you can control one year more. And instead of go ahead and trading the guy who has, you know, two years controllable after this season, uh, instead of the one, the guy that has one year after. So that, that's the only reason they, these two cannot be on the same team. They're too small. They're just not, they don't play well together. So, um, easily get rid of um, Colin Sexton. Interesting. I think there would be a trade market for Sexton too because, I mean, had a career year last year, almost averaged uh, 21 points per game, three assists, which is kind of the worrisome number to me, three assists <laughs> and uh, three rebounds. Right. But it's not like Darius Garland was any better. I mean, he was 12 points, almost four assists. So this team just – the guards have not been able to create. I don't know if that's mostly because the roster was, you know, kind of bigger power forward players. I mean, they have Kevin Love, but they were just not able to create and create enough offense because they're like all these teams at the end right here in the no direction. They're w the worst offensive, you know, scoring per game teams. Um, so if... <laughs> Cody, do you see, is there kind of light at the end of the tunnel for the Cavaliers here? Or do you think it's truly just keep being bad and get a high draft pick and hope he pays out and he's the next Kyrie for them? Um, well, that would be fantastic if it would work out that way. But they, ha but, like, they have Andre Drummond, Isaac Coro, and they have two guards that play the same position. They just keep drafting people to play the same position, which is kind of weird. Right. Um, so, even if they got a draft pick, like, are they going to, like, grab another center or, like, just <laughs> grab another guard? Yeah. Like, so, um, 
I would say that nothing is going to happen for this team. Uh, this team sucks. So with their Vegas over-under, their Vegas over-under is 21.5 for this year. Would you smash or pass the over on that, Cody? Um, I would really go under on that. Ooh, really go trash. under. <laughs> I mean, I not not really go under, but like, what's what is it? It's like what twenty one, twenty one and a half. Yeah, I'm going with like they're winning like seventeen games. Ooh, last year they went nineteen and forty six. Added a better player, I think, in Andre Drummond. Who knows if Kevin Love will still be there? I don't think that contract is tradable, really. Uh, but with six more games, you think they actually are two games worse and don't pick yes. up three cheap wins to cover this? No. Daniel, do you agree? I do not. I think they are three games worse. Yeah, I agree. They are a pass because I don't. I think this team actually could be the worst team. I know I voted for the Knicks, um, but... After digging into it afterwards, um, I would choose uh, the Cavs as being the worst team. Mm. I I actually agree with you. I think the Cavs are definitely – they were the 30th on my list on the rankings. Um, They are definitely the worst team in the NBA this year by far. I just don't know if I can pass on just only winning 21 games. Uh, I would say they go over slightly. But I don't know. They're they're wow. they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad though. Um, but this next tier might this tier is called the might have stumbled onto something tier. Um, <laughs> the number twenty seventh team, which I'm kind of surprised we have in this tier, but I think it's all because of every draft pick they have for the next decade, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Last year went 44 and 28. Of course, traded CP3 to the Suns, traded Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. Um, Lakers? To the Lakers. Poor Shea Gilgis Alexander. No Steven Adams. He's to the Pelicans. Um, there's just almost no one left from this team that's recognizable from when I was a fan of, you know, six years ago. Uh, but Sam Presti has definitely acquired every draft pick imaginable. Is that something to get excited about, Cody? Do they deserve to be, hey, we've kind of stumbled into something here? Yeah, they're going to have – they have so many draft picks, it's ridiculous. Is that It's s- going to be fantastic for them. Is that something that you get really excited about, or do you think it's a huge opportunity for them to completely botch it, kind of like the Boston Celtics have? They could definitely screw it up. I mean, they're like, but Sam Presti does draft pretty well, so there's that. That's a good point. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like, he, draft is all about like having darts to throw at the board, and boy, do they have? Do they have darts <laughs> to throw at the board? Now, I'm kind of of the <laughs> assumption that. He's assembling all these pieces to make a move for a younger star who's kind of, like, unhappy. Like, he can throw the godfather of picks offer for that kind of young star that wants a new situation. Um, Is that how you kind of see this playing out, Daniel? Or do you think the Thunder are going to try to just asset accumulation over the next six years and just see what they end up with? 
Yeah, I think they're going to run to a similar issue that the Boston Celtics have ran into where you have a lot of good picks and you've gotten better, but they don't all total up to be a top five pick that you really actually needed. Like you were almost a little bit too good. And so you didn't get like a top five pick in the league. Um, and then you have all these picks coming up, but they're all in the you know 16 to 20 range that you're getting okay talent that can be easily missed. Um, I, I think that they're going to end up having, you know, all these picks and nothing to really show for it. Mm. Um, and I, I don't, I just don't know. I know you want to get some picks, but eventually you have to start, you know, moving the right direction. So maybe this is where they broken everything down to here and they're going to start moving the right direction from now on. But that's a lot of picks and that's a lot of rookies to be on one team. Just personally, eventually you need to have a move them into a good veteran team or a good team on the rise and not just like, all right, well, cool. Well, now we're, you know, there's, you know, we have five years and everybody's under 24 years old and we're not that great. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm afraid that's what it ends up happening here. They, they do kind of like in the players that they've gotten returned, most of them are younger players. Um, and if they got an older player, they immediately ship them off to somewhere else. But kind of the younger players that they as, like they assembled here, they got TJ Leaf from the Pacers, Isaiah Roby, who some people are higher than others on, who has potential. Got Justin Jackson, who's already on his third team in, what, three years. Um, Lou Dort, obviously, was yeah. kind of the darling of the playoffs going against James Harden. Obviously, SGA. Hamadou Diallo is a pretty interesting player. And I thought Darius Baisley was a pretty big surprise as a competent rotation starting player, especially in the playoffs. So it's not like it's just nothing. It's a bare cupboard. Like, there is players there with talent that add a couple pieces to could be an interesting team in a few years, to me, anyways. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, yeah. but with Vegas, with their over-under for the Thunder, they have them at 24.5 wins. Now, obviously, we don't think they'll be anywhere mm. near 44 like they were last year with CP3 and Schroeder and all that. Would you smash or pass this, though? Do you think this is a 25-win team this year? Wow, that's a good number. Um, that's a tough one, isn't it? You no, know, yeah, that's that's probably the toughest one because you know that you could see them literally saying, "We're not playing anybody above the age of 30. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> like, we're going to just sit you down. See you later. Uh, we we're bad, and it's okay. We're gonna let SGA do his thing, um, just to make sure they get you know a decent, uh, make sure that pick is really good, but. If they play it as currently constructed, I could see them getting 25 wins just because mm. SGA goes off or George Hill, whoever's on this team that is actually, you know, they just put together a good night, you know, and, and somebody sleepwalks on them. So, yeah, I could see them 25. I'd say yes, smash. Cody, would you agree with that? Yeah. I would, I would definitely agree with what Daniel said there. Wow, so you're both God, smashing. That is interesting. I, uh, I, I can't make up my mind on this. I think I'll stay away. Uh, but I do. There is like a fear in the back of my mind that they're going to be right neck and neck with the Cavs potentially for one of the worst teams in the league <laughs> next year. Hold on. Hold on. 
Did you just say I'm just going to stay away? I'm going to stay away for that like, 24 and a half. I didn't hear smash or pass, stay away. <laughs> I, I want to hear smash or pass. I, I didn't hear smash, pass, stay away. Well, if Yeah, you I didn't remember, know that was... I would like to just not do this one. <laughs> I, I recuse myself. Yeah. If... What is this? If I make a decision, if I smash had or to, pass. If I had to, I would lean pass. If I had to, I would lean pass. Okay. Lean pass. You only get one answer, <laughs> one or the other. Might have stumbled oh, onto something. This. Number twenty-six. The Charlotte Hornets last year went twenty-three and forty-two. Obviously drafted one Mister Lamelo Ball and signed Gordon Hayward to Godfather money. Will they be? They were kind of the surprise of the league, even though they only won 23 games. Um, Devontae Graham came on the scene. They signed Terry Rozier. They were actually a frisky team. Or is this kind of like a one-year blimp they have with Devontae Graham? Does Gordon Hayward really help this team propel forward? Or do you think this is just kind of the team how it is, a mid-20s win team, Daniel? Um, I, I'm just kind of digging through the the contracts as you go over them. This team isn't that bad. They're not great. Gordon Hayward is not awesome. He's not a um an amazing offensive player, but I could easily see them getting a little frisky and stealing some wins when they shouldn't. And I don't know what the over under is, but I would say they end up with. 28 wins. That is... A, would I smash or pass? You would be passing because Vegas currently has them at 28 and a half. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a genius. Now, Cody, do you agree awesome. that this could be an interesting frisky team? Gordon Hayward obviously wanted his own team. Um, he wanted more involvement in the offense, and he's definitely going to get that now, we assume. I've already seen videos of him and LaMelo in the gym working together, trying to build rapport, quote-unquote, whatever that means. Um, or are you just excited, and do you think LaMelo <laughs> is going to be a great point guard and really turn this franchise around with Gordon? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that, like, turn it, like, I have a couple things here. I don't think that like they're necessarily going to turn it around. I think they'll be respectable. But like, are we saying a twenty-eight win team is potentially frisky? Is that what we're saying right now? Because I didn't know that under thirty wins was considered frisky. <laughs> well, yeah, I, who made this? List? I guess friskier compared to what we thought they would be. Like we saw last I gonna, year. I think they're mid thirties. I think they're going to be pretty good. So here, here's the thing for this year. This is what's interesting about this list is, yes, our playoff episode next week will feature just 16 teams, but we know that they're going to continue doing the play-in. So it really bleeds into mm -hmm. kind of the top 20 teams, really. And yep. frisky enough for the Hornets is, could they sneak into the play-in? Is that possible for this team? Well, yeah, but you... Yeah, but you have to have more than 28 wins. <laughs> well, maybe in a shortened season, 10 less games. Maybe 32 or 33 in the East gets you in that. Right. And for that reason, because I do think the Charlotte Hornets are going to be frisky, I'm going to smash. Ooh. 
because they're not going to win only 28 games because 28 game because teams that win 28 games are not frisky. They're fucking losers. <laughs> and the Charlotte Hornets are going to win more than 28 games. Next team. I'm with you, Cody. Let's smash this together. 31 yes. wins for the Hornets. Let's get weird. They'll probably be terrible. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Number 25. This year, we're going to actually talk about this team. Scary, Terry, baby. Instead of just absolutely skipping them like we did last year, um, <laughs> the Chicago no, Bulls. Talk about this team. <laughs> <laughs> last year, 22 and 43. I can't believe it. They got rid of Jim Boylan <laughs> finally. Go back to coach high school boys. Uh, Billy Donovan was hired in his stead. Um, everyone seems to always be in love with this team with the pieces, and it just has not worked out. Injuries, whatever you want to call it, the coach. Uh, but this seems like this kind of a year where you can't make excuses for them. Like, either Laurie Markkinen is good, either Zach Levine is good, um, either Kobe White is good, or they're just not. Uh, so... Cody, I, I'm going to give you kind of the lead on this because this was your team last year, right? That you just failed to uh, turn in a preview audio for. Uh, so you're going to be put, no, I turned in the audio. You're going to be put on the spot here. This team doesn't exist. <laughs> that's fine. Every, uh, everyone loves window. Everyone... I don't know anything about the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I don't know anything about the Chicago Bulls. I've never heard of this team. <laughs> I know nothing of their history as a franchise. <laughs> uh, but what I would like to say is Wendell Carter Jr. was part of the leadership squad. And <laughs> I think that that is really what's going to propel them into the playoffs. No, this team is trash. How'd they get ranked ahead of the Charlotte Hornets? Oh, you think this team is worse a, than this Charlotte is what the This is... Yeah, this team... This is... Let me Let me say this about the Bulls. This team is a team that I think is comprised of good players, but they are not a good team. Interesting. Like, there's a bunch of guys on the court that can score and that can like that can like get theirs, but like it's a bunch of guys that can play hero ball. Right. It's not a bunch of guys who like can play together. They lack what you would what we were talking about earlier with the Hornets, that rapport that Lamelo and Gordon Hayward are working on that we sometimes call chemistry. That <laughs> is something that I don't really think the Bulls have. They don't seem to like playing with each other. I mean, that might be different now that they have a coach that's not going to be having them like punch in and punch out like <laughs> every time they you know come in and out of the game. Like you don't have to go find the punch clock after you get subbed out. <laughs> that's why I was going to ask you: like, was, Do you think they kept the punch clock, clock, or do you think they made Boylan take it down and take it with him on his way out? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Threw is, it at him. Is Billy Donovan going to make them like punch out for break when they like get when? <laughs> When he pulls Kobe White out of the game, would it? Is he going to have to log his break to make sure that he's not past his, you know? Would it have been poetic justice for them to meet near the punch out clock and that's where they fired him and gave him his card to punch out? Oh. Would that have been perfect? That would have been amazing. I'd have paid to see Just that. Just poetic justice. Like it. That would have been really fun. That actually would have been pretty funny. <laughs> well, Cody, Vegas kind of agrees with you here on the over-under because they have the Bulls only a win higher than what the Hornets are at 29 and a half. So based on what you were saying, you are passing this. Yeah, I'm passing this. Now, Daniel, they did make the shocking pick of the NBA draft in taking Patrick Williams number four. 
do you kind of have the same yep. thoughts that Cody has? Or do you think this is really an actually a good team, but finally has a coach who can kind of fit it all together and make it run? I believe in Billy Donovan. Mm. And so I think this team is a 30-win team. Okay. And I would smash it for the simple fact that good coach, hero ball, is okay. They only have to be good 30 games a season. They can be absolutely blown out the other times. But if you get these guys hot, they can win 30 games. And so I would hit that 30-game for sure smash. I'm going to uh, – can I can I rebuttal with a question? How many 55-point games do you think Zach Levine is going to have this year in a loss? Uh, none. I think if it's a, I think 55, it, they'll win. I'm setting it at one and a half, and I'm taking the over. We'll, we'll Zero. set it at the amount of teeth that Daniel had replaced over under. Yo, <laughs> easy. On no, no, we said we were going to – no, we said we were dropping breadcrumbs the whole time. We're gonna weave in a personal story. We're four teams in, and two, we were four teams and two hours in, and we're just getting our first denture. Yes, it only took forty-four <laughs> minutes to sprinkle in the life story. Uh. Breadcrumb. I've had too much bread. Get out of here, bread. Twenty-four carbs. Bad for you. All right, twenty-four. Soft, so. This was pretty unanimous for us. The Sacramento Kings last year went thirty-one and forty-one. I feel bad for poor De'Aaron Fox. Luke Walton is an absolute joke of a coach. I do actually like what they did in the front office with the people they actually brought in. I think they're bright. I think they'll get it in the right path. Good player development crew that they brought in. But what I'm curious of is how much of a leash new GM McNair is going to have with the owner Vivek. I'm just curious of how much leeway Vivek's going to give them after all that stuff that happened with, um, I can't think of a guy that, yep. Vladi. Yeah. With Divac. Like, will he be kind of like have PTSD from Divac? Isn't Vivek the owner who like his daughter's team, like ran a press. And so he wanted yes. the Kings to run a press too. That's a hundred percent who that is. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah he's not he's gonna be in, he's gonna be involved in way more than he should be <laughs> sounds like so it's not gonna work out even though they brought all these high profile guys in um but he healed obviously moved to a bench role last year which he was not super happy with i think everyone in the league thinks uh, or just assumes that he wants out um players don't seem to like luke walton at all uh, they did make the biggest splash of the draft, I thought, and everyone has kind of graded them high with their draft pick and taking Tyrese Halliburton 12th, but that was only by sheer luck that he fell to them and other teams being dumb. Right. Um, the other kind of caveat is they lost Bogdan- Bogdanovich to the Hawks uh, and got absolutely nothing for him. And Marvin Bagley is the guy who everyone is like, oh, he has the star power, the scoring potential. But we've seen so far in two years, he is super injury prone. So, Daniel, do you think this is a situation for the Kings where it is a blow it up situation? Or do you think this is a team that after a couple of years, we thought, oh, maybe they might be something. They actually make a run and surprise people again. So uh, I'm looking at the just the, the the list, the roster in general, and 
there's decent names, decent players, and like they got Hassan Whiteside for two million for this year. Uh, Frank that was the Tank. I was <laughs> I was about to make the joke that you looked at the roster and saw the names, and then you saw Hassan Whiteside and you were out. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, oh but, like, god, he's no. A <laughs> decent backup. Like if if you're paying him two million, I guess. He's a backup because he's not going to play in front of Marvin Bagley. He could be a starter and play the actual center position, but he will be a starter. Is... Bagley's still injury prone. Yeah, I was going to say, and Bagley's Par- Jabari Parker on the team. Um, th- this <laughs> team is not that bad, and they can get frisky some nights. But it's just looking at this. I, I they they need to blow it up. They got lucky with Tyrese Halliburton falling to him but what are they going to do with De'Aaron Fox he's being paid eight million this year and this is his last year of his contract so is he going to get another contract and yeah will they I'm pretty sure he's already signed right I'm pretty sure oh, they has? already announced that they had signed him to a max extension I think or maybe I okay, saw it was sorry. reported I can't remember but it's probably that's probably true I'm on basketball reference so I didn't do my homework on every team but um, I think I have heard that too. So with that being said, what are they doing? Um, I guess you have to get Halliburton if he falls there because he's a good player. But, man, I, I don't know what they're doing. They're not going to be that bad. They're not going to be as bad as these other teams we talked about. But they're not great. And the West is so deep, so good. Um, they could actually fall and be one of the definitely one of the three worst teams in the West. Mm. They, uh, Vegas has them equivalent to the Charlotte Hornets right now, 28 and a half wins. Wow. Cody, do you agree with if Marvin, if Marvin Bagley doesn't have any injury problems and is this offensive guy that everyone keeps saying he is and that we personally believe he is, are the, the Kings better than 29 wins? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> You got De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, you got De'Aaron Fox. You got Buddy Heald out there. Just be like, you know, that's worth 30 wins. Those two guys, I got you. (laughs) I'm going to pass because you can never, um, when the players are out on the head coach, uh, it's just hard to get guys to actually show up night to night and actually compete to me. So I would actually pass on this. I think the Kings are kind of like in no man's land. Uh, But... They at least have the pieces to be like, we might have something here. So that's why we put them there. Um, They just need a new coach. That's all. Uh, Next tier. I believe this is our final tier for this episode anyways. Um, And that is going back to feeling frisky. These are teams that are feeling kind of frisky right now. Oh, we're into 30 wins. The number 23rd. 2013. That is the Minnesota Timberwolves. It went 19 and 45 last year. I think that is tied with the worst record now with the Cavs. Um, drafted Anthony Edwards number one. Cody, were you happy with them drafting Anthony Edwards number one? Did you like that pick? And do you like Anthony Edwards? I wouldn't say that I like Anthony Edwards. Um, I think he's kind of, I don't know. 
I re- I've read a couple like really interesting articles about Anthony Edwards. That's what I'll say about Anthony Edwards. Uh, okay. I think that he's decent at basketball, and I think he'll probably fit with like them in Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns and um, D'Angelo Russell. I think that'll be fun to watch. Like that's a lot of talent um, on the court. It'll be interesting to see if that translates into wins or if it's kind of like the Bulls and like I said with the Bulls where it's a collection of good players but doesn't actually make a good team be interesting to see that that's how I feel about them they have an interesting collection of talent don't know if it's a real team or not right Uh, Daniel would you agree the same kind of assessment or do you think more or less of the Timberwolves they do have a decent um, guys on their roster Got Ricky man, Rubio back. I just don't know. Brought him home. Yeah, they're not bad. Some people, some people are calling this team a playoff team. No, I could see it. No, like if they just catch lightning in a bottle and they just play well together because uh, I don't know. They just all get and hang out and maybe uh, Scottie Pippen lends his wife to this team for the week. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Sounds like he already has. Oh my gosh! Oh, we By went the there. way, uh, Malik Beasley—he signed a big contract, right? Yes. He's well, about to give a bunch of that away. Yeah, he's getting half of it. Um, <laughs> so, I think oh, that man. this team is going to look good at times, surprise people, um, and win games they shouldn't, lose games they shouldn't, and in the end, they're going to be. I'd say 11, 12, 13 in the West just because they just can't put together. And I'm honestly, and this is kind of weird, and I wouldn't say dark, but just something different to think about. Carl Anthony Towns has been hit by COVID in a weird and hard way with his family. I don't know what you do as a player, as a human, when you – are affected that much and it's still going around like like this is we're still in a pandemic and you're about to play basketball games you're losing one your mom at the age of what is he 25 that's hard life in general that's hard i don't know how that affects him and i i don't want to talk ill to it i my my spouse my wife she lost her mother uh four to five years ago maybe that was tough and we're not literally traveling we're not in the limelight people aren't asking us questions all the time so i don't know what that does to him as a human so i hurt for that guy but also don't know how it affects him playing basketball because your mind has to be in other areas a lot of times so uh not take it into a dark spot i just think that that actually could come into play here because who knows where he is, his mind is sometimes that i I don't think it's dark because I actually had it in my notes. It was, how does he stay motivated to actually play night to night at a high level? Does that hinder him? Or does it do the opposite? Does it fuel him um, to play even harder? Because it's a season dedicated to his mother and his other family members. Um, sure. So that is kind of the, the X factor. Like it, it's odd to be an X factor, and you know, yeah. obviously, best wishes to him and his family. It's just it's horrible. Um, but I could see it actually driving him to yeah. prove something this year. I think we could ha- could see 
a huge year from Carl Anthony Towns this year. And the problem the Timberwolves have always had, this is why they've always been in the cellar since Jimmy Butler left, is the defense. So mm. if he's motivated and is actually going to play defense and protect the rim and actually guard pick and rolls, the Timberwolves could be an interesting team. I just don't think they are a playoff team, but we don't know the amount of wins that it might take to sneak into a play-in, so you just have no idea. But Vegas obviously thinks pretty – not highly, but thinks this is a middle-tier team because they have them at 29-and-a-half wins. So in that same kind of thought, Daniel, would you smash or pass this line? I would say smash. Wow, how many how many games this year? Seventy two. Yes, seventy two. Yeah, so I'll say smash um, because I, for some reason I thought sixty two for a second. And I was like, wait, hold on, they're not going to be a five hundred win team. <laughs> um, no, there's no way. But I could easily see them getting thirty wins because. The talent on this team is much better than Sacramento, and I would mm. give them 30 wins for sure. Cody, agree? Yeah, I think they'd probably get to 30 wins. I wouldn't say that it's much I, better than Sacramento, but... <laughs> it's at least much enough to bet on and win money on, right? Um, I would yeah, actually yeah no, it's all. enough to think that they're going to win 30 games, but... I would agree with y'all. I would smash this too. I would think they'll be at least 31 to 32. I would think. Um, 22. This is the same tired old team that we've known, but they still are kind of frisky with the players that they have. Um, And that's the San Antonio Spurs, who last year went 32 and 39, drafted Devin Vassell at number 11, or Vassell at number 11. Uh, Trey Jones, Dookie boy. <clears throat> number 41 Ooh. for them. They're basically the same team. They won 32 games last year, had a dark shot at making a dark horse shot at making the uh, playing game. What is going to be the key difference for them this year, Cody, that actually gets them into that play in and maybe sneak into a playoff spot? Uh, I don't know that there's going to be, key difference for them it seems like it's pretty much the same team so same result maybe probably you would say same result maybe another year under the belt for the guards does that help them at all or yeah because it's it's i mean like anytime you get more experience it's good but well it's like an extreme difference in youth versus their veterans right like their best players have 10 plus years of experience on their old, like Patty Mills, Marcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's not old, but he's like 31 now. Um, right. And Rudy Gay, of he's course, is like 34, 35. Um, and the young guys, you know, second year player, Keldon Johnson, Derek White's in his third year. Um, we already mentioned Devin Vassell, um, Deontay Murray, so Ilani Walker. So they have this odd mix of really young and really old. And I think that's always why they kind of been in the middle. So you would say that they are about the same, like they're the middle. Yeah. They didn't do much in the they're off season. Be, so yeah. They'll be about the same team. Yep. Pretty much. Daniel, would you agree? Yep. Um, I don't know. 
I don't think anybody's scared of this team ever. The only reason people uh, lose to them is because you kind of beat yourself, and they're the old man church league team that comes out there, and you're like, God bless, they do not look good. And then they end up beating you, you know, randomly on night, and you're like, well, how did we lose to them? Oh, uh, beat you in overtime or something. It's like, right. oh, come on. Yeah. The score so, in overtime is like 112 to 113. It's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. What am I? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? Um, so I just don't know how Coach Pop stays motivated with this, you know, team currently is constructed, but I, I'd be I'd be shocked um, if they're over 33 wins this year. Vegas has them at 29 and a half. Now their record last year in 71 games was 32 and 39, so one conventional wisdom would assume they would be over this anyways, but eight of those games were coming in the bubble. Um, now I don't think they had a super great bubble experience. They didn't um, have LaMarcus one, Aldridge. They didn't have LaMarcus Aldridge, but I think they still managed to win three or four games and have an outside right. shot, so I think I would smash this. It's 29 and a half. This seems like a pretty easy over, or am I being misled? I I would say unless they trade DeRozan and Aldridge and kind of rebuild, retool quicker, kind of such as like almost, I don't know, like some teams have in the past where you don't completely break all the way down, but like, you trade two people, get people that are decent, that'll be good in two years, and then you just kind of get right back going um, instead of just tearing everything down. So, I, you know, I, I could see that happening. And because of that, I think that's why the Vegas number is so low, is they could see them trading those two guys uh, to rebuild. Hmm. Cody, would you agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smash or pass? Uh, I'm going... <laughs> Tough because you want to trust the Spurs, but you also don't know. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a, a sad pass. Oh, you think Pop fails to get 30 wins this year? Yeah. Okay. Oh, good God. Yeah. All right. It's possible. All right. The West. Like, they, the West. They kind of. The West kind of <laughs> stood. They kind of stood pat, and the West kind of like loaded up. They got That's better. True. That is true. Very That's a good, good. point. 21. Teams around yeah, got better, and they got they didn't. Let's talk about a team who had all the cap space and got super frisky with it in a down year in a pandemic. 21, the Atlanta Hawks, who last year went 20 and 47, signed Bowen Bogdanovich, got Danilo Gallinari, drafted Onyeke Okongwu. Um, they traded last year, obviously, for Clint Capella. Um, Still have John Collins on team. Obviously, Trey Young is the guy. Signed Rajon Rondo. Signed Chris Dunn. <laughs> so, obviously, the moves for them were to get better on defense. Cody, do you think this is a very interesting team now with all these signings? Or do you think it is now a too many chefs in the kitchen kind of scenario? Well, I'm really interested. I am very interested to watch this team because I want to see how all these guys 
enjoy standing around and watching Trey Young shoot 40 footers. Um, mm. That's kind of what like I'm interested to see. Like how ha- how happy is everyone going to be play like hiding Trey on defense and then yes. just kind of watching him watching him jack up whatever shot on, standing around and waiting for the ball to either come to them on the perimeter or him just jacking up a shot from wherever. Like how happier is everyone going to be playing that style of basketball? I don't know. It's, it's a great point. I can't decide if Trey Young would be fun to play basketball with or not. It's really hard for me to figure out. That is true. He does seem like a pickup basketball. Like he's the guy you want to pick up basketball, but do you really want to go a 72 game schedule with him? <laughs> Watching well, he, him play that kind of pick style. Up basketball, but do you want him to in pick up basketball because, like, are you going to have fun playing with that person or do you want him to pick up basketball because you're just going to be able to run up and down the court and play defense all day? Ah, okay. So you went the opposite way. I understand. Um, the reason I asked about the two main chefs in the kitchen is because they brought in all these older veteran pieces. You know, the, the top guys put in the ultimatum. They wanted to make a push for the playoffs this year. They brought all of these veteran pieces in, but they had this such a big youth movement. Does this actually hinder the growth of their younger players? Because they obviously won't be able to play as much. Does this hurt that slow build of the franchise they were doing? Was Is this too accelerated of a move for them, you think? Or should they have stayed the course with yes. the younger players and gotten better? Naturally. <laughs> I, I think this is the worst thing they could have done. How so? You have Danilo Gallinari, what, three years, 20, 20-ish million a year? Uh, In his, they're... like, 12th year this year, I think. Like, he's no spring chicken. Yeah, he's 32, 32, so he'll be 35, 36 after and his contract's up. Um, Bogdanovich, who isn't, you know, he's 28, so he's in his prime. I understand that signing. I don't understand the Gallinari signing because mm. you have Clint Capella as a full, as a you know, center. You have uh, Akungwu, who you drafted. Um, you have John Collins, um, Kevin Herter. Who you know? I know he's a shooting guard, but he played a little bit bigger for them at times. But um, I don't understand what this team is doing. They have all this young talent, and now what are they doing with it? Like who who's going to be left out? Because you just signed Gallinari and Bogdanovich to you know eighteen to twenty million contracts. Clint Capella is three more years, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. How it accelerates. So okay. those three, you would think start correct. Those three start. You would assume. Is that right? Now, okay. Bogdanovich came Young. off the bench a lot at Sacramento, at least at first, until they switched him with Buddy. But, I mean, they're going okay, to okay. what, they're that, also gonna have to find time for Rondo and exactly. Chris Dunn. Like, and why then, did you bring these guys in? Right. Yeah, so then you also have Cam Reddish, John Collins, Kevin Herter. That's three. And then you have Okungwu, that's four, and DeAndre Hunter, five. Five young guys, what do you do with them? That that's over, We've already said over ten names. Who gets left out of the rotation? 
like what do you do like what what are they doing so yeah. i don't know what they're doing I, I i don't get it yeah i i think the potential is very high for this to be a very unhappy team with a very rough locker room <laughs> I would yeah. not be surprised Very to hear much. reports within a month or two of Rondo being unhappy with the coach or thinks player blah, blah, blah is whatever. Um, I I would not assume – I don't think this has a happy ending. I'll just say that. Um, no. But Vegas I think is, they're the worst defensive team. Interesting. I, th- I think they got markedly better on defense, but – uh, I don't know if it'll translate to a ton of wins, especially not um, 14, 15 more that Vegas thinks they'll do. Vegas has them at 34 and a half total wins mm. this year, which would basically put them in a playoff spot or at least a play-in game. Um, would you smash or pass that, Daniel? Pass pass definitely under 34 wins this was actually my best bet last year on over-unders i think it was like 32 and a half last year and i was like there's just absolutely no way in god's green earth that team was going to win 33 games and wasn't for a pandemic i would have covered it very very easily um it would have been way under um but do you think still this is a mid-20s win team yeah i I think Max twenty five went. No, I say more than that. Twenty eight wins. Max. Okay. Wow. Okay, Cody, would you agree? Uh, yeah, I'm going pass on this. I don't like this team. I agree. I'm actually going to pass this as well because um, the team right uh, below it in our rankings, number twenty, I like even less for this year. I don't even know why we had him in feeling frisky, but. I think it's because of they actually had a chance at a playoff spot because they have been the perennial eight seed the past couple of years. They're just rock steady and boring like <laughs> the San Antonio Spurs. And that would be the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic went 33-40 and 40 last year, which was good enough for eight seed, like I said. This team is what it is. I think they know they've hit their ceiling, and the only way to go from here is down especially without Jonathan Isaac for a year. Now they drafted uh, Danny's favorite player in the draft, Cole Anthony. Um, let DJ Winner. let DJ Augustine walk. Is there going to start being talks of trade considerations for Aaron Gordon this year? Mm. Or do you think the Magic are just content staying at what they are and winning mid-30s games and being an eight seed and getting clobbered. So I, I could see Markel Fultz take a kind of a, a jump this year. Okay. And making this team a little more friskier than they have in the past. Um, Terrence Ross hasn't been terrible. I could see them he, him being okay. Fournier's been good. Vucevic has been good. Um, Gordon, if he stays healthy, I, I, this team is okay. They're not bad. You have Cole Anthony, who is going to be a, a good backup uh, coming off the bench, your point guard. Uh, Chuma Okiki, he was a – I think he – was he drafted? 
He's last drafted, year. Yeah, drafted last year hurt. in the late teens, and but everyone hurt, was right? super high on him. Right. Yeah, I think he had an ACL tear, so he's actually my kind of X factor. Yeah, with, Auburn, I think. Yes, with with Isaac being out, he was the kind of guy I looked for that if they were going to be kind of frisky, it would be him right here, Chuma. Like if he was going to yeah. be kind of filled I, I that think Isaac they're. Role. Yeah, I don't think they're that bad, honestly. Okay. Um, I, I think they're okay, and I wouldn't doubt if they're the eight seed again. So you think they'll row the boat, stay the course? Row the boat, baby. <laughs> now, Cody, I'm going <laughs> to give you this Vegas over-under, and I'll let you react to it. Last year, 33-40. and 40, Vegas has them solidly at 31 and a half wins. If you think this is another eight seed again, this definitely is a smash, right? This is a smash. This is a smash for me. So do you like the magic? I don't like the magic, but I think they're going to win more than 30 games. Yeah. Okay. I respect them until they give me something to disrespect. Okay. Ooh, I like it. Ooh, fancy slogan. Um, <laughs> Dan- <laughs> Daniel, would you agree? Smash? Smash. 34 wins. I I like my age when I lost my teeth. (laughs) Bring it right back home. Here we are. The next sprinkle 20 minutes later. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to smash this too. I would say they're in the 34 to 35 win range as well. I agree with that. I think that's an easy over. Um, Now this team that I'm very, very excited to talk about because I have one kind of conspiracy thing that – I, I think we'll surprise y'all. I don't know if anybody has said it yet. I hope they haven't because I want to be first to introduce this idea. Um, but the 19th team, the one of the bigger trades of the offseason, the Washington Wizards, who went 25-47 and 47 last year. Russell Westbrook is now in town in Washington, D.C. Are you ready? for a fun conspiracy theory that I think actually might have some legs to it. Mm, Yeah, I'm ready. Do we still think that Russell Westbrook is upset enough at Kevin Durant that he wanted to be traded to Durant's hometown of Washington, D.C. to take over the city and make it his own? What? No. Nothing? I couldn't get a bite no, on that. I mean, I, I mean no, no, I'm not. No, 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 no that's not, not it. The no. Uh, no bite on that at the all. The reason that he got traded, to, no, no, the no reason bite. he got traded to Washington was because John Wall's contract is the only one that worked. So you don't think he was okay with? That's Washington. the only trade there was out there for him. His previous, I mean, I old think he was okay with it. He's going there. Scott Brooks is there. He was okay with it, yeah. and then he knows. Because him and KD were close buddies. Washington, D.C. is where KD calls home. I think it's actually Baltimore, but he I can't remember. To, um, I, don't, I don't think he has to be close buddies with KD to know that. He could probably read an ESPN the Magazine <laughs> article and well, get that information. If you know anything about Kevin Durant, you know that D.C. <laughs> is a big, like, it's a big thing yeah. for him. Like, he reps it pretty hard. He reps that city pretty hard. Where he grew up. There is no way Russell Westbrook went there with any intention to kind of rub it in KD's face that he's doing it in his hometown. 
No, because he still plays for the Wizards. (laughs) So I couldn't get any, no interest in that theory at all. No. Okay. Nope. It is more likely that Russell Westbrook will get caught up in a gun scandal in in Washington than it is that that is the case. Is Javaris Crittenden on the players' development staff? That could be interesting. Um, No. No. I heard they're retiring his numbers. (laughs) Actual statue. (laughs) It's actually just just a jersey that says 9mm on the back. Not mm. <laughs> the statue that they make of him is doing the kind of James oh, Bond a, pose with a gun. Okay, that's Anyways, a terrible joke. That is a bad joke. Um, <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> now, you walk by, it just starts playing. Dad, let, <laughs> let's get uh, the actual team. All right, I actually, I have to admit. I actually really like the fit of Westbrook and Beal together. Am I wrong? Am I dumb for yeah. thinking that? No. No, you're not no. dumb for thinking that. The more I've thought about it, it's it's better. Is it? I like it. Is it not super fun to surround? Because this was my problem with Scott Brooks originally with the Thunder and with Billy Donovan is everyone always, you know, Westbrook is obviously not a great defensive guard, right? And his entire career, at least for most of it, until he got to Houston, Donovan and Brooks always put a defensive guard beside him who could not shoot the ball. So they always had, you know, at least one other shooter, maybe two shooters, but two defensive players who could not shoot the ball. And he was still able to get to the rim. Okay. Now he walks into this wizard situation where there's three if not four other shooters depending on the lineup on the floor and it completely opens it up even more but does that also he had that situation with the rockets right so what is really different daniel is there a difference or is it because It'll actually be a team offense and not revolved around standing around the perimeter and watch James Harden dribble the ball that it has more potential for Russ to be more successful in. Or is it simply being in the East now? I think it's more of the East, but also I think it's a fresh start. Chip on his shoulder. I want to prove that I'm still a player because there's a lot of slander going on with um, Russell Westbrook. A lot. Like, they had to trade a first-round pick with him just to get him off the Houston Rockets. Mm. Like, that's tough to think about that. And how much they gave up for him to get him on the Rockets. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, they did two first-round picks plus two pick swaps, and they just did another one to send him away. So, they did two to get him plus two pick swaps pick swaps then they had to use another one just to send him out of there so yeah i think that he gets super super like chip on the shoulder kind of guy he showed up unlike james harden and i think that uh this honestly this year could be a breakout season where him and bill play off of each other where bradley bill does not need the ball in his hands as much as westbrook does so I could see 
Westbrook being the ball handler, creator, and letting Bill make those open three-pointers and drive. And I, I think this is actually a very good duo. This team is going to surprise people. And I don't know what the over-under is, but I think they're the ninth seed. Maybe you put them at 33 wins, maybe. I think they get there easily. I, I'm glad you said that because this is my absolute lock for smash overline um, for this year. Vegas has them at 28 and a half. And I absolutely think they'll be a 34 yeah. to 37 win team. Um, I will actually go as far as to say mm. is I think they will be the eight seed outright. Um, now they'll still have to play the play in, but um, something happens above them with the Pacers. Right. You never know uh, some sort of injury to one of the higher teams. They could sneak into a seventh spot to me. Like it's, it's feasible that it could happen which could set up a potential first-round matchup with the Brooklyn Nets, and that's what I am keeping my fingers crossed for. I'd be super interested to watch the Ooh. Nets versus the Wizards in a 2-7 matchup. I think that could be super interesting. Um, but, Cody, are you as high on the Wizards as me and Daniel are? Do you think they are a super frisky no. team? Do you just think they're the Wizards? They're the Wizards. So you hmm. pass on this Super line? Super frisky is not a word I would use. <laughs> what was the number? 28 and a half. Oh, I've smashed that. They're, I mean, they're still the Wizards, <laughs> but like they're going to they're gonna get above 28 wins with Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Okay. So we're all smashing that line. I th- but I don't I, – but they're – yeah, but I wouldn't say super frisky. Okay. I think they're a pretty interesting team. I think they will be a lot of fun to watch. So – um, number 18, we're getting yep. down to the end here. Final two teams, the New Orleans Pelicans, who apparently, if you looked at their TV schedule, you would think they were the second-best team in the <laughs> NBA. Um, last year went 30-42. and 42. I don't get why the NBA is enamored with them, except for Zion, obviously. Um, but who knows if he plays anymore. <laughs> um what is it about this Pelicans team, Daniel, that has the NBA so interested besides Zion? Or do you think they're just a bum in uh, fancy clothes? Oh, it's Zion. It's just Zion. It, it's it's Zion. That's it. Like they know the the movement that it that he moves the number of people that watch. That's it. That, that's just that's it. Cody, plain and simple. Cody, it's just as simple as that. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just silent. People, he's he's a hype machine, man. His Instagram in high school had more followers than Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not true, but it was a lot. Don't mess with the Bayhive, all right? They'll come after yeah, you. Yeah, no, uh, our podcast is canceled. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but actually, the team itself, they traded for Stephen Adams. I've always been a huge fan of Stephen Adams. They still got JJ Redick for now. Um, got a new coach in Stan Van Gundy. They gave that huge extension to Brandon Ingram. I, I don't see how this team gets much better than what they were last year. I mean, if Zion is actually healthy, let me go ahead and just give you the Vegas over-under and see if you agree with this. But won 30 games last year. They were in the bubble, so it's kind of inflated, right? Now, they weren't great in the bubble, but uh, Vegas has them at 35 and a half 
wins over under if Zion is actually healthy for a full season is he worth six to eight wins more Daniel no they're not they're not going to be an above 500 team they're just not interesting even with a new coach everybody loves Stan Van Gundy they they uh trust in him Obviously, J.J. Nope. Redick had nope. a little presser after, you know, first couple of days of camp and saying how they're doing a ton of defensive right. drills and he hated it and all that kind of stuff. He was back like when he was when he first started in the NBA. So, obviously, they have this idea of being a much better defensive team. Um, is right. defense really the key missing piece for them? Or do you think it's just that core of players of Lonzo and Brandon Ingram just aren't winning players? Yeah, I- uh, Steven Adams is good to pair with Zion, but I think Zion gets a little figured out this next season. He only played 30 games. Is that right? Something like that. Maybe this less. This year or this past year. I think yeah, it was less so, than that. They won 30 games. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just know that I saw him in at Duke, and he looked amazing. And then teams kind of figured him out a little bit. And you can kind of see, like, all right, you kind of take a step back. So I think that this year, I think some teams will figure him out a little bit and kind of um, not exposing because he's he's going to be a good player. But I just don't like. I I know they're they're the rival, I guess, of the Grizzlies. I don't know if either team cares that much, but the fan bases do, and I and I probably have my personal feelings in this more than anything else, but. I just don't see this team being that great. They just don't wow me. I, I don't think they're as good of a team as they were last year. Mm, interesting. And that's because they lost Drew Holiday, obviously. Drew Holiday. Uh, yeah, I think he was the their best player. Mm. Cody, would you agree with that? Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I think they're still a pretty good team, though. Would right. you smash or pass the 35 and a half? I would pass on that. Daniel? pass i would pass as well and i think i i don't know it'd be kind of by the skin of your teeth um kind of thing but if you're saying they're they're like they would have to be a 500 team to go over 36 and 36 if you're if you believe that then they are likely in the play-in or at least on very very edge of looking into the playing game so I just don't see this as a team that, I mean, the NBA tried last year to get them in the play-in, and it just did not work because they were not very good. I just don't think a coach in another year, and I really like Stephen Adams, but I don't know if he changes it that much. Um, but maybe yeah. he is, the interior defense is what they need to really propel this team forward, but I just don't see it. I would pass this one, too. I think this is a pretty safe pass, too. And um, I just don't think Brandon Ingram's a winning player. I just don't. Uh, but this leads us to our final team for the uh, first episode anyways. And this one kind of breaks all of our hearts a little bit. But we had to be truthful. Number 17 <laughs> in our list in the final, in the filling frisky tier, is the Memphis Grizzlies. Who last year shocked the NBA and went 34 and 39 with rookie John Morant. Um, 
Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, who was probably the surprise of the rookie class. Drafted this year, Xavier Tillman, Desmond Bain, who I think every Grizz fan is in love with. Um, Obviously, we'll get your opinion here in a second, Daniel. But let's be honest, NBA was happy, more than happy to screw them out of a playoff spot by doing the bubble last year. Um, They definitely surprised the league. What I'm kind of curious about you, Daniel, is will there be a sophomore regression from Jaw that we kind of saw from Donovan Mitchell, which wasn't a huge drop-off, but he wasn't as good his sophomore year as he was his rookie year? Um, Or do you think he just continues to get better and this team improves? I think this team improves. Now, I'm not saying that they will be – a playoff team. I think they will be in the top 10 in the, in the West. I, I really do. Okay. And I think that they are simply there because they've all around just gotten deeper. And I think they have jaw as a leader. Um, now in his second year had a, had kind of had a chance to have a rookie year and then had the break and develop himself during the pandemic, then come back and show out how really good he was and kind of maybe put a little bit more meat on his bones and then had another break. And so he had two breaks really before his sophomore year to kind of figure out some things. And so I think that actually benefits him with any of the muscle, you know, that he's put on that will benefit him, but also just kind of learning how teams might defend him. And he's, you saw that in the bubble, how they were going uh, above and below screens, depending on how he was playing, mainly below the screens. And so now he kind of knows that's how teams are going to play him going into his sophomore year. So I think that he has a good chance to have a really, really good year this year as being the leader of the Grizzlies coming in Cody, day one. what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies? Oh, I think they're going to be better. I think I agree with what jo- Daniel said about Jaw there too. I also think that like the Grizzlies performance definitely relies on how much <laughs> Daniel is going to talk during the year to Jaw Morant on Twitter. <laughs> no chip, baby. Bring so if if we can get if we can get yeah if we can get Daniel to throw some throw some shots out of Jaw on Twitter, um, that would be fantastic. Uh, and the Grizzlies would probably win the NBA Finals if you could probably if you could piss him <laughs> off once a day. For the now season. with so those are my thoughts on the Grizzlies. No, they're gonna be they're gonna be better. I, I, now Ray with Triple J, how long is he going to be out? Do we know his expected return to play? They have not said. Everybody's speculating it's four to six weeks. Okay, from the start of the season. If it starts rough for the Grizzlies in a shortened season. Mm-hmm. When Triple J comes back, do you slowly bring him in, or do you try to hit the ground running with him full speed to make up the difference if you start slow? Or you have your picks back, finally. Do you tank again to get another top pick no. in a very, very loaded draft this next draft, and you solidify no. your roster for the next four to six years no 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 way no no way they'll tank why you not you don't you've why wouldn't you a want to do of like guys okay. that care about winning because because of that like 
you create that culture of like guys like actually giving a shit, and then you're like hey actually guys take it off take off this year it's hard to like have guys flip that switch on and off like based on what's going on in the year so like I don't know. I think it's just better to always try to win because it definitely feels like when you have teams that are trying to tank. Like, I mean, look at how long it's been since Phil. Like, Phil, it took Philadelphia so long to be good at basketball. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. You just kind of have to go for like, it, and if they're good enough, the players. That's are like good a decade-long process. Keep going. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a yeah. decade-long process to do it, like to just start from scratch and do it through the draft. It takes literally ten years. Yeah, I, I think you make a great point. I agree with that for sure. You can't just tell super competitive, fiery guys like Dylan Brooks and Jaw and you know Brandon Clark and all them that hey, we're going to yeah. relax this year. They're not going to want to do that, and you definitely would not want. We're going to try to get you guys some help. Yeah. <laughs> You definitely do didn't don't want to uh yeah turn them off to that kind of thing because you're looking for that no. next contract. You want them to stay for the next four or five years, right? For that super max. Yeah. So or the max Ex- contract. Exactly. I think you walk Yeah. If you walked in the locker room and said, We're gonna try to get you guys some help, I think the first John Morant looks at you and says, The fuck I need help for. Like <laughs> we have everybody we need right here. I love it. Daniel, over-under wins for the Memphis Grizzlies, I assume will be your lock of the preview pod. That is 30 and a half wins, a full five games under the New Orleans Pelicans. How wrong is Mm. Vegas on this line, and what are your thoughts about it? Everybody loves Zion. Everybody loves the Pelicans. Well, I hope they shove it straight up their ass <laughs> and go for 40 wins. <laughs> My God. Got him. Got him. <laughs> I love it. That's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah so, I, so, I agree. So, like, <laughs> go ahead, Cody. I was just going to say, I, al- I also smash. <laughs> that was all I was going to say. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely smashing this. There is, I, I, barring just disastrous injuries to two or three core players, I just don't see how they are a 30 or sub 30 win team next year. I just don't see it. But anyways, that will, I guess, wrap us up for the first, um, what, 14 of them, right? Yep. That's 14 teams. It only took us two and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but anyways, anything to pluck before we go? I think this was a good first episode. Obviously, we will – I don't know how long the next one will be. We might have to break it up into too many smaller episodes. But the season is fast approaching, so we hope you enjoyed these previews. Anything to plug, Cody, for yourself? Uh, no. Just got to plug the charger into my laptop here. Other than that, <laughs> all good. Daniel, what else do you have to plug? Yep, so follow us at uh, The Lead SM. We are doing this with The Lead uh, Sports Media. 
Uh, follow me at Daniel Greer very easily. Easy for me to say. I don't have four front teeth. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the main handle? the main thing. <laughs> my Twitter channel is Daniel Greer. Can you hear me? Um, <laughs> that's how I talk without my my fake teeth. Then, uh, but for real though, I do have a uh, article that will come out. And now that the season's starting back up. Uh, we're getting back to write, or I'm getting back to writing again. And so I have a Jonas Valanciunas uh, study guide coming out. And so that should probably come out when this pod comes out the week of. Uh, we don't know when, when we're releasing them yet, but it should come out soon. So uh, that's all I have so far. Awesome. I am at RDMOS11. Follow us at Free Basketball 3. Follow us at The Lead. Hop on Locker Room. Um, we get on there sometimes. Daniel, you're on there every Thursday, right? Did you already say that? Uh, all week, yep, every Thursday, 7 <laughs> o'clock. But thanks for tuning in to this preview. Hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know some feedback, especially if you're a fan of a particular team that we either trashed, which was probably most of them that you just listened to. Uh, be looking out for the one next week, right before the season start. Looking at the playoff teams Ew. and some actual title contenders, and maybe we'll have some predictions for you. So tune in. Thanks for joining. Cody, Daniel, it was nice to be all again together. And uh, hopefully we can actually reconvene next week as well. <laughs> so indeed, till, indeed. So until next time, guys, see y'all. Later. Later.